speak the word without fear Philippians 1 15 Lord I pray that this message can get into our heads into our hearts and that we can feel your strength rising up in us Lord we come we bring our empty vessels to be filled we bring our souls which are dark without you father and we seek your light we seek your face and we seek your will Lord so we're here today father please fill us please let us receive what you have in store for us Lord in the name of Jesus Paul says that having become confident in my chains people become you can become much more bold to speak the word without fear Paul was preaching this from prison he'd been sent to prison for preaching things about Jesus basically talking about Jesus there wasn't much free speech back then back in the day frankly there isn't much free speech now and in certain countries we all know that you can get sent to jail and maybe even beheaded if they follow their laws through for talking to people about Jesus this is a the result of a system devised by man to stop the work of God yes man might be prompted by the devil but quite honestly man doesn't need too much prompting man is born into sin man has destructive natural tendencies to want to do these things to go against God until they're filled with the spirit and anyway man's come up with this situation where you can actually be locked away for presenting facts just simple facts about life about people about the God that created us and you get locked up when those facts are not in line with the tides of society that come and go we know that every generation social norms and expectations tend to change and give it enough generations they do a complete 180 and turn around so things that were righteous and correct from man's perspective were fine a few a few hundred years ago now they're completely against the law and the accepted state of society but it's just words have you ever thought it literally is just words isn't it it's the words so we're not doing anything just talking and the word of man is powerful and whether these people who can control the tides of society or the people that are in the will of the devil and the yoke of the devil whether they realize it or not the spoken word does have power in the world and we as Christians we've learned to know the power of our speech okay we read it from the Bible God spoke into existence the earth and everything in it we're not God but he's given us the same power faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God and how can anybody hear if no one speaks to them Mm. and that my friends can lead to salvation in heaven or hell depending on what we say James 3 uh, chapter 3 verse 6 the tongue also is a fire a world of evil among the parts of the body it corrupts the whole body 
sets the whole course of one's life the whole course just from your tongue just from what you say and is itself set on fire by hell so that can get us into a lot of trouble and the world knows as it did back then when Jesus walked the earth that just by speaking to people lives can be changed forever either for worse or for better and we can see that the devil Satan doesn't want the word of life to come into people's mouths he doesn't want it spoken he doesn't want it broadcast he doesn't want people to even listen to it or believe it which is why we get all of this stuff which is why it's okay to speak anything but the word of God God tells us that lives can be changed forever too Matthew chapter 7 verse 11 if you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good things to those who ask him so that's the criteria ask and just to clarify matthew 7 7 ask and it shall be given to you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you God cannot give us things if we do not first ask. That's what he's telling us. We need the faith to ask. We need to use our mouth. We need to speak it into existence, the request that we put before God. Now, God tells us that when we speak in accordance with his will and with love, everything is possible. Okay? Do you hear that? If we speak in accordance with what the will of God is, and we add love to that mix everything is possible he says that whilst we can speak with tongues or angels of men or men <clears throat> tongues of angels or men we are like a clanging symbol if we have not love first corinthians 13 11. when i was a child i talked like a child i thought like a child i reasoned like a child when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So this is Paul telling the church in Corinthians what he had to do, okay? He had to actively put the things of his childhood behind him. They didn't just miraculously happen. Look at it, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So he realized, okay, those are the things of childhood. I have to be a man, I've got things to do. And he gradually made that decision and made the changes in his life to be able to be more useful to God. He, Paul goes even further. <coughs> telling us that love is even greater than faith the next verse for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror we've got the spirit we see the word we see God through those things then we shall see him face to face now I know in part that I shall know fully even as I am fully known now and now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love. So the word love in this instance 
is that agape love, which we've talked about before. And that means charity or unselfish. It's the love of giving for the sake of giving. Not expecting anything back. And honestly, that goes so far beyond the ourselves, this unselfishness. It, go, it flies in the face of evolution and survival of the fittest. Which is why Paul considered it, earlier on in Philippians 1, a blessing. So he's sat in jail. He's there, stuck in jail, incarcerated for years. And he considers that a blessing, that he was there because the love he had for Christ and for others to hear the good news of Jesus Christ was in him. He saw that love. And he's trying to explain it to the other churches. Now this reminds me, going back to the earth just for a second, back to the worldly things, it reminds me of how neuroscientists characterise different types of thinking. I'm still on that book, I've almost finished it. Right, so there's two types of thinking, okay? This is the science. Um, and this is called dual process theory. There's automatic thinking and controlled thinking, all right? This is also known as unconscious or conscious thinking. Lower and higher brains. All in the same brain, but they're the two things, okay? And I quote, Verbalised explicit processes or attitudes and actions may change with persuasion or education. Though implicit processes... Perfect. Implicit processes or attitudes usually take a long amount of time to change with the forming of new habits. Okay, so you've got these two things. We've got the things we automatically do without thinking, the thoughts, and then we've got the thoughts that we actively have to do, which are a higher level of thinking. Science, which, and I happen to agree with this because it makes sense, doesn't it, says that we can quite easily change the higher level thinking just by having new information, by learning something new, by talking to somebody. But to change those lower level subconscious things, it takes habits. We need to put things in place in our lives to build up the habits to go against what that natural situation is. In other, th in other words, <clears throat> if we always do what we feel, we're not fulfilling our potential. We're just going with the flow of what our feelings might be. Like yesterday I woke up, I was in a foul mood. Genuinely, I was in a bad mood. And it happens to me sometimes. I think, why am I in a bad mood? What's going on? Can't really answer. Just feel it. And, um, and, and you just get through it. Try not to let it think. You, know, you remember all the blessings. You remember what God tells you. And we're coming on to that bit in a second anyway. So we can't always do what we feel. I think that's, that's the point here. We're not animals. We've been given a higher level of rationale, rational thinking. And in other words, the things we consciously do and feel can be adjusted when we learn something new. But to change the things we automatically do, that requires us to put a bit of effort in and to form these new habits. The Bible makes a similar distinction between the natural and the spiritual self. If we look at uh, Jude chapter 1, verse 17... But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold you. They said, in the last times there will be scoffers 
who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the... What do you think they don't have? And they don't have the Spirit! The Holy Spirit! So, to be able to have love and faith in the way God wants us to takes effort in forming new habits that produce this fruit. Just because we've been blessed with the Holy Spirit, that is a blessing, it's incredible and it's awesome, and then we speak in tongues, it doesn't mean that all of our natural subconscious tendencies just disappear overnight. doesn't mean that we change completely. Some stuff changes, but not everything. Even in Paul, he still had his problems. He still had an element that was left over to remind him. So God expects us to do some work. Yeah? God's given us ability and resourcefulness to toil. He says we will toil. He works through us, making us free from the constraints of sin, perfecting us in faith. This process, it is that constant process of working and trying to embed different things in our lives and doing what we actually can. He works with us as we are. We're not yet and will not be perfected until Jesus comes to call us again. So no one's expecting perfection. Yeah, we're given, everybody has got some kind of ability, some kind of resource, and we're given that so we can try and work on ourselves, so we can show God our faith by doing a bit, by helping, by changing a bit towards what God says in his word. And in the meantime, we're guided to put away the things that are against God, set apart from the way of the world, and to be holy, for he is holy. Amen. So how can we form new habits to be able to change? Yeah, this is the crux of it. How can we do this? We probably know this already. To change our natural desires to be fearful. So our natural desire, as the Paul feared with the Philippians, he wouldn't have said that if he hadn't experienced this. So there's a natural des desire there where we're fearful to let the word come out. Mm. And we can become fearful when we're confronted with the worst that the world has to throw at us. Like throwing you in jail. You know, how do you think Paul felt? Well, we have to learn to trust God. Does anyone here ever get fearful or anxious, by the way? Or is it just me? Yeah? Oh, yes. Yeah? It's, it's a human condition. That's, I don't think there's anyone that gets through life without anything negative. It's the positive things that we focus on, but everybody's got these problems. Well, the church in Philippi had the same problems. That's why he had to write the letter. If we look later on in Philippians chapter 4, we're given the key to dealing with this. Okay, so Paul gave them the key. And ironically, whilst Paul is locked in chains, he's writing to them, saying that God wants us free from the chains of sin. So he's seen the physical chains and the spiritual chains. And the chains of sin includes all those negative feelings, all those negative thoughts that are holding us back, which include fear and anxiety. 
So let's have a look. Chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation, or gentleness in the uh, New King James Version, be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful. In the New King James, it's anxious. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts through and minds through G Christ Jesus. So this takes some undoing, because there's a lot in there. But if that's the key, we need to fully understand what we have to do. We go home, we get anxious, something bad happens. Well, what's God telling us to do? So if you look at 4.4, he's telling us to rejoice in the Lord always. That's counterintuitive. Bad stuff happens. We don't feel like rejoicing. Yay, it's happened again, this terrible thing in my life. But he emphasises it. Rejoice. You have a decision to rejoice or not to rejoice, regardless how bad things are getting. Yeah? Even in the bad times. So that's a challenge. That is challenge. Again, it's back to this faith, isn't it? Do we rejoice even when things are going bad? No? Well, you're not listening to God. He's told us. You feel even worse the next day. Oh, did you rejoice yesterday? No. Well, self-explanatory. In the next verse, he tells us to let our gentleness be known. Not our self-assuredness, not our cockiness, not our demanding self-serving demeanour, or our greatness, or, or anything like that. It's our gentleness. It's interesting, that. And he reminds us that he's at the gates. Jesus could break through at any moment. The Lord is at hand. So don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything because he's here. Yeah? We just find ourselves here now. The next one, be careful, be anxious for nothing. And the first thing Paul says, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. So he says, in everything, go upwards first. Go to God first, not last. I had another conversation with someone this on Friday, and loads of stuff's gone wrong. They've tried everything, even Reiki and stuff like that, and now finally he's going to try prayer. <laughs> Always backwards. God tells us, go to God first, go upwards. <laughs> and he tells us to replace anxiety with this. Prayer, we let our requests be known to God. Not in an arrogant and demanding way, but with thanksgiving. Yeah? Get your requests made known to God by asking him for things with thanksgiving in prayer. We are his children and he is our father. We've already learned that he won't let any, any good thing we ask, he will give to us. Whatever the requests are to get rid of this anxiety or this fear, whatever it is, make them to God in this way. Because again, this is one of his pro promises. He cannot not do it. How do we do it with thanksgiving? This might be the thing that people struggle with. Well, I've looked into like the thanksgiving and it's a mindset. It's a mindset that God is good. We are glad because of that. 
and we don't deserve any of this yeah <laughs> the glory of God God touched your heart Ted yesterday is this incredible powerful God cares so much about you specifically you and you think about all the people on the planet from the start to the end the entire universe and God comes to you and change and touches you and changes your life in an instant absolutely incredible do we deserve it no we just had a bit of faith to repent and follow what he said we don't deserve any of this and we need to remember that because that's where the thanksgiving comes from we are so lowly we're born in sin we're stuck we don't do the basic things he asked us to do we create our own problems through our own decision making and he knows all of this and we need to remember that he knows all of this and therefore we can be grateful we can be thankful and we can come to god and say look i've got nothing to bring but my thanksgiving Amen. i'm just following what your word is Amen. and we can be glad and then then we make our request known to God and he will give us that peace he shall keep our hearts and minds through the name of Jesus and according to Ephesians 5 4 I'll bring this in for Kev his favorite book thanksgiving also sorts out filthiness foolish talk and crude joking by remembering that God is so good and we don't deserve his blessing the remedy to all our problems is gratitude gratitude to God yeah not oh how has this happened to me again oh that person's been horrendous what's going on here oh the whole world's going out focus on our gratitude to God because he's bigger than all your problems it's bigger than all our problems bigger than all of us okay the remedy is gratitude remember that so talking about Thanksgiving let's get back to Paul he's sat in jail and he's writing a letter to the Philippians the church in Philippi so that they can know that actually his imprisonment is furthering God's work <laughs> it's furthering the gospel it's not hindering it like they think and we can see how despite the clear threat to Paul's life yeah he's incarcerated who knows what would happen his future is out of his control despite that clear threat his spirit takes the lead and he is more concerned for his brethren than himself the furtherance of the gospel is obviously the last thing those who were trying to stop him preaching wanted <laughs> it's the exact opposite of what they were trying to do yeah. how god works isn't it interesting we try to work it out at our folly he's given us his word and his spirit so we can understand those bits but don't try to understand everything just understand the bits we can his ways are so far above our ways we think we are doing one thing and God's plans doing another we just have faith God works beyond our limitations and thank God that is the case So Paul's imprisonment had furthered the gospel in two ways. First, and this, this is brilliant, he got, he got chained. So he had to be chained to a prison guard, okay? <laughs> and they couldn't beat him up because he's Roman. 
So he's, he ha- he's just sitting there and he's talking, preaching the word of God Amen. to the guards. And they have to change them every, every day or half day or something. So he's got a continuous stream of people being chained to him who have to listen to what he's got to say. <laughs> and then all of Paul's visitors heard the gospel. And some of those were very influential. If we read Book of Acts, you get a bit of, bit of background there. And all of this would have been impossible had he been a free man, had his will taken over. If he said, no, I don't want to go to prison and did a runner down into Turkey or something. So this is the point. And this is what I want to try and convey, that as long as Paul was telling people the gospel, there was purpose and there was meaning to his life, regardless what the situation was. Had he just stopped, ignored what he knew, about God, so ignored what we know about God, which we do do sometimes, honestly. Yeah, we all do that. If you ignore what you know about God and then get depressed while you're in jail, well, he and we wouldn't have seen how God can actually work in that circumstance. So I ask you to think about your circumstance and how you can let God work in your circumstance so that other people, you included, but other people as well, can see that. People will see him in prison and we are built up because of what faith that man had. So whatever the circumstances, wherever we are, we can learn and we can become confident and be bold and speak the word without fear. Think about what's stopping you. Is it actually you? Not everybody else but you, me, us, yourself. Do you think, do you read Paul, do you read about Paul and think, ah, Paul, he's different. Paul isn't me. Oh, that's just so, and we we push him to one side and say, right, I'm completely different to Paul. Well, we remember, and God tells us that we're all different, but there's one spirit, and there's one calling on our lives. Paul shows us that the habit of telling everybody about the saving grace of Jesus Christ was not natural. It wasn't natural. He didn't do it at the start, did he? He was doing the exact opposite. He was trying to kill everybody that was talking about it. He learned some information. He trained himself. He disciplined himself. Paul would say disciplined. We say learn new habits. He had to discipline himself to do what was right, not what he felt like doing. He had trained himself to share the gospel with everybody that he could when he was there. Wouldn't have been easy. He had to do a complete change in his entire life. More extreme than most of us, I'd say. And we now know that this is, all of this is only possible by trusting God. And we, we use that too often, I find. Trusting God is just, yeah, 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 don't feel bad, just trust God. Well, it's, it's not down to us to trust God, it's down to us to just do something. Yeah. So, th- so this, is, this is the thing about faith. Faith isn't just believing and doing. It's believing that God can do anything through us. Do you see this? And that's the important thing to remember. And that's how the habits can change. So I don't want to take up too much time. Okay, we've got about 10 minutes. Last scripture just to leave you with from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. 
And in that way, you'll be a blessing. Thank you.